On this week's episode, Scott Forrest shows up with a bottle of rum. Got some Jamaican rum. Yeah? It looks good. It's not. It's not? It's terrible. I don't like clear rum. It's terrible. I talk about the encouragement that I had during my first solo. It was a very popular song on the radio. It was by U2, Sometimes You Can't Make It On Your Own. I heard that two or three times, flipping through channels, going to the uh, to the first solo. Which <laughs> wow, was, if that's a sign. <laughs> yeah, that wasn't very encouraging. And Ryan Eckel makes aviation history as the first person to ever fill in for a Far Aim podcast host and uses this historical, monumental event to talk excrement on the person he's filling in for. What's better to be on, the Hawker or the Learfleet? The Hawker, as far as I'm concerned. It's easier to fly, and it's bigger. (laughs) It seems like Lee works a lot less hours, though. uh, Yeah, usually. He worked his ass off last year on this time. What has a better range, the Hawker or the Lear? The Hawker, for sure. So you're in a high... Yeah, because he was talking about having to make a fuel stop on the way down to Florida. I'm like, what? We don't ever do that. So you're in a better... We'll go to California from New York, yeah. Really? So you're in a better... You're in a better plane than he is. Yeah. Uh, welcome to this week's episode. We have Lake Erie Flight La- Lake Erie Islands flight legend Ryan Eckel with us again. And no, we're not continuing the uh, the the glorious series we started last week because Lee threw his bl- back out, <laughs> opening a a jet door is that the story we all something, got via the group text that. that's what i'm hearing we are not going to continue the series because the second part of the beautiful series we started last week it uh, requires lee, lee. Griff- we can't do it without lee yeah lee griffin had a bunch of gripes and when i was editing he was you could see you could hear him in his track getting mad that i was brushing over stuff so I have a list. While I was editing, I made a list of everything I heard him on his mic track get mad about, which I was not noticing while we were recording. I was noticing it in edit when I could isolate his track and actually hear him. And so I made a list of all the stuff he got frustrated about. We're going to cover that for him to make him sleep better at night. So we need him to do part two. We have we scheduled all four of us to do part two, and now we just have the three of us. So we're going to do FAR 61.87 which is solar requirements for student pilots. We're going to focus on the part D, part Delta, which is maneuvers and procedures for pre-solo flight training in a single engine airplane. Because this is this is a factor. Echo and I are both CFIs. Ryan actually has used his CFI. I'm basically, actually, I'm basically a CFI. Scott's <laughs> a wannabe CFI. He's done some self-proclaimed training. CFI, <laughs> self-proclaimed CFI. I actually, I never. I, I'm actually at DE, which <laughs> allows me to sign myself off as a CFI. Yeah, he, he, Scott owns a printer. Uh, that, we'll leave it at that. <laughs> that's, that's how that. Gonna want right? to check the paperwork. That's, is that how that works? No. Um, no. So okay. yeah, I want to talk. To, I want to like basically. I don't really plan on ever teaching somebody how to fly, like in real life. Mm. Like I love the, I love over the internet stuff. Like it's less personable. It's it's very. I mean, this is an intimate. You know, you just you got us in your earbuds. You're on your drive to work. 
you know, <laughs> hanging out, hearing our voices talk. Uh, that's as close as I want to get, though. <laughs> it's honestly, it scares me to death to imagine being have a student sitting to my left who I'm trying to have run the plane. So yeah, part of this episode, I want you to bring me in to like what it's like in this, what I view as a terrifying stage to be a CFI, to actually bring someone who's never flown a plane to the point where you're signing them off yeah, and watching them go take off the plane by themselves. Absolutely, yeah. It's It can be so, nerve-wracking, but uh, no, it's so, it's one of the most rewarding, uh, like rewarding feelings you'll ever get in your flying career, I think, for me anyway, like just... Taking somebody, especially who's never flown before, no. to the point where they're soloing, and you're like, "Holy cow!" Like, <laughs> no, nope. because I remember my first solo. <laughs> what, what yeah, you, me listen, too. What do you think of listen. there, Scott? Do you remember your first solo, or did you sign yeah, yourself listen, off? <laughs> I think it, I think you're being I think you're being a little bit too emotional. <laughs> I think yeah. call, call the, the cops. The, the correct answer should be nobody cares. You flew a plane by yourself. Blah 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 blah. Whatever. <laughs> Scott has a high respect for the aviation <laughs> endeavor. Right. <laughs> that is I mean, the solo. Actually, I'm just kidding. No, Echo's right. It is a big deal. Like, when you... You do the first, ceremony, you cut the back of your shirt off, right, it's sweated right. out. Yeah. The first time I soloed, like, I was terrified. Yeah. You know, obviously, you've never flown, like, most people solo in a small plane, so the the weight difference of having a passenger you can actually notice. Oh yeah. So I was in a 150 and it like jumped off the ground really quickly, which is like, you know, it scared the shit out of me. But <laughs> I mean, but even though I was told like by my instructor, like it's going to, it's going to take off a lot quicker. It still scared you, you know, still was like, it's it's a whole different feeling than you've ever right. experienced flying yeah. the yep. airplane at that point. Yeah. Yep. And even when I came in for landing, like I d- I did the whole balloon thing, like which normally I don't yeah. do, but like I was ready for the touchdown and it just like kind of floated back up and it was like, I mean, I landed smooth and I landed fine. I had plenty of room. I had plenty of runway left, but it was just like I'm so used to flying yeah. a 150 with a passenger in it. It's different. It's just way different. Yeah, I yeah, it's it's huge. I'm curious to pick Ryan's brain because he's actually soloed students and used to CFI. I just it's kind of a poser. I have a little card in my wallet. It <laughs> makes me feel better about myself, but I've hey, never actually taught anybody anything. That's one more certificate than most aviators have, actually. So yeah, still be proud yeah, of I, it. it. That's a tough. It's the toughest one to get, I think. I mean, it was harder. oh, de- it was definitely my hardest check ride. Yeah, harder than a type rating, harder than any other check ride. I mean. Yeah, that's the the ticket, I, I guess. I don't know. Unless you're some people are like, oh, whatever. It was nothing. But I don't know. I had to really I had to work hard for that one. Yeah, it was. Yeah. Uh, part D maneuvers and procedures for pre solo flight training in a single engine airplane. A student pilot who is receiving training for a single engine airplane rating or privileges must receive and log flight training for the following maneuvers and procedures. One. Proper flight preparation procedures, including pre-flight planning and preparation, power plant operation, and aircraft systems. You got to do it to the level for the solo. So you're not like, they're not learning cross-country stuff at this point. No. You're not teaching, yeah, you're not teaching, just crazy, you're 
teaching proper flight preparation for just like a local pattern flight for the most part at this point, right? Exactly. Yeah. I don't, I don't want to overwhelm them with anything to get them to solo. And the same way I was taught, it was, you know, real basic, like, here's your pattern. This is what you fly. These are the numbers you fly. And this is exactly how you conduct it. You know, there was nothing thrown in other than, you know, emergency procedures still, because you need to know that stuff. But if something happens obviously you use but... guess and check, right? <laughs> guess and check. <laughs> I think it's more of advanced level, Scott. <laughs> no, that's that's standard. That's standard private pilot stuff. Guess and check. <laughs> we won't. We won't even go into guess and check here. <laughs> no, because I thought guess and check is like a standard. No, it's that's a. Is that advanced? That's very. That's so advanced that. It's almost a, exclusively a eight eight Delta pilot train maneuver. Okay, well we'll cover that in a later episode. <laughs> <All right. laughs> yeah, let's. I'm, I'm not even. I'm not even going down that rabbit hole. <laughs> Whatever. <laughs> Where were we? <laughs> Believe we D one. Yes. Uh, da, 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 da. So yeah, power plant operation, aircraft system. This is the stuff you're basically learning. When you did... Here, oh, I, I remember a question I had for you. When you were going through this for the solo stuff, did you... Because you graduated from BGSU. Yeah, that's correct. Uh, aeronautical degree. Yep. Did you go to BG with your private or any training already? Or did you do this all at the I university did. environment 141? Yeah, I did everything 141 um, other than my CFI. So, yeah, I started from the... I had zero flight experience when I went to Bowling Green. Uh, okay. So, yeah, zero time, and then all the way through commercial multi, and I did not do my CFI there. I did it through a, uh, another company, like, only within the last five years. Okay. And then, yeah, you... Um, at BG, how... Because you're, when you're going through your your ground school and stuff like Scott mm-hmm. and I were doing it kind of like we were watching sporties videos. Scott yeah. was watching King's videos. You were in like a college class classroom <laughs> setting for all your ground, right? Pussy. Uh, yeah. I mean, it was a course that you had to follow, but I don't know. I mean, it was, it was still kind of cut and dry. It's just like any, like you went to BG. I feel like you? I could gain, Gain, gain the same knowledge from a video that I did from there. And that yeah. really upsets went, me now that I'm still paying student loans 10 you years went to later. BG, yeah. didn't you? <laughs> yes, sir. Yeah. Taxing or surface operations, including run-ups. Well, like, what are you all, looking for? Like, obviously, this is not private pilot stuff like we got the other series going. What are you looking that, for pre-solo? You do that at the end of the runway. Do not do it on the ramp. I'm sorry. Cut that out. Edit that out. Edit that out. <laughs> I got a quack noise I put in for the F bomb yeah. now. Do not I like it. Do not do not do your run up on the ramp. Is it I mean, I don't really care what anybody does about anything. But seriously, like if you're gonna do your run up, do it at the end of the runway. Or right? a taxiway can, out there with can, no, can, no can we all agree on that? Yes. Don't to- to an extent, yes. Uh, Don't do it in an like, area where your like, prop blast is going yes, to affect right. anything. Exactly. 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 Yes. Yeah. Echo, you fly it so, for a living. You fly for a yeah. living. 
Another thing I don't want to see is if you go to the runway and there's a plane behind you and you do it and you don't well, turn the aircraft and then you start the prop washing you. somebody else behind you. Right. Um, yeah, but, I mean, find a place on the ramp that you could do it if you can. And then if not, yeah, yeah taxi but most, out. Most of the time, just taxi out, do it before you take off. Like, Yeah, just depends on f- where you're flying and, and, and don't the be a f- environment. <laughs> <laughs> Be yeah. A lot of quacking. <laughs> Please do not be what Mr. <laughs> Boris just said. Right. Exactly. <laughs> well, you, you can you can repeat it. You can repeat it. You can edit that out. I... So yeah, that whole thing needs edited out. Um yeah, where did we leave off? Just pepper a little of that in there. We were talking about uh, we we're talking about taxing surface operations, including run-ups. <laughs> Number two. Yeah, don't 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 prop blast anything or yeah, anyone. Do not prop wash a hangar. Do not prop wash I another think, airplane. And you I know what? Think, Keep on center line. Wait, Just put okay. that yeah. line. Yeah. Yeah. Okay, Echo. Calm down. If there is <laughs> uh, a center line, calm, calm stay down. on it. Here's here's what we're gonna say. Is your aircraft powered by pistons? Because if it is, nobody cares. Run that shit up <laughs> all the way. Right? No. No. No? You, no. You just completely reversed your tune, Scott, from earlier. Yeah. Whatever. Who cares? Scott <laughs> is not trying to be coherent. Part three. Is that all you got for number two, Echo? I'm not even going to ask Scott. Yeah, unless you guys have any questions. That was enough. <laughs> yeah. My take home is just do not prop wash aircraft behind you. Do not prop wash a hangar behind you. Yeah, don't keep and keep center line. Always, always keep center line. Yeah, run up is basically it's bringing the throttle up while you're not moving to test to make sure the engines look working good at a higher RPM before you take off. And you got to make sure whatever's behind you while you're doing that doesn't get blown over, damaged by your wind blast. So, part three: takeoffs and landings, includable norm, including normal and crosswind. Uh, this is yeah, I mean. This isn't a show on takeoffs and landings. I, I don't know how no. you can touch this on the surface. Everyone knows takeoff and landing. You got to get pretty decent at that before you're getting written off for a solo. What are you looking for, Eckel? When, uh, as far as before you solo a student, like on takeoff, like mainly the landing. Obviously, takeoff is a factor, though. If there, yeah, if anything's it, wrong with that. But to, the, to, the landing I, is the main part of a. Say, uh, we got to make sure this is right. I would say as long as they've done it correctly once, you're good. <laughs> yeah that's gonna get you endorsement from mr <laughs> boris cfi here if you guys get scott as your cfi you're, you're in good shape go for it yeah like, you will solo within two once, hours it's gonna be great if you can do it, as long as you've done it one time correctly you're good okay <laughs> mr mr echo who's actually <laughs> solo people what is your take so i'm looking for a little better than one time <laughs> but I'll be right uh, back. you know i'll, I'll come right back <laughs> You guys talk about that, and I'll I'll be right back. All right, we're gonna break the seal. <laughs> so yeah, for takeoffs and landings, you know, I think the takeoff is just as important too. Sometimes because I've had a couple guys take off and they'll you know pitch up a little bit too high on takeoff, and stall warning horn is chirping or the lights you know buzzing at you. So that's very important. If that's happening, I'm obviously not going to solo them until they can correct that and get their airspeed in the the correct form. And then also for landing, you know, I want to see stabilized approach. I want to see the flare at the bottom. I want to see them looking all the way down the runway to figure out, you know, how high they are or where they're at on center line. And I will 
bust them on that every time. Like say, you know, get to center line or you're a little too high, add some power. You know, you're sinking too fast, add some power or you're too fast, slow down. You have plenty of runway or you don't have enough runway. Let's do a go around. So I want to see that they can start making the right decisions in their own mind. And it gets to the point where I even tell them, you know, I'm always talking so much in the airplane to them uh, as we come through their landing that finally I just tell them like, hey, I'm going to shut up on this one for once. Like, I just want to see what you do. And if I need to intervene, I will. And if I have to, like that should tell you that something's up. But I'm pretty chill in the airplane as far as it goes. Like, I want to see them make their own decisions because ultimately when you solo, I'm not over there. So I want to see you make your own decisions. So yeah, as far as like right before I'm about to sign somebody off, I don't say too much to them. Uh, I've already taught them what they need to know. And if I have to say anything, it's just because they're having just kind of a little mishap or whatever. And we go on from there. I mean, it was the same way I learned. I remember my first solo, my instructor, she looked at me and was just like, hey, you know, we did like three or four landings. And, you know, the wind was right down the runway. All the conditions were great. And she just said, I'm going to hop out. You got this from here? And I was like, um, no, <laughs> like I wasn't confident enough in myself, but she had full confidence in me. And that's that's typically how it goes. The student's not going to have the full confidence, but the instructor, we're going to you know trust you because we've seen you grow into the pilot you're becoming and we'll let you go and do your thing. So I knew my first solo was coming. Yeah. It was planned out. It was uh, March, March 16th. It was winter time. I had the plane over. It wasn't at Scott's place. It was out at Port Clinton, KPCW. Mm-hmm. I was keeping it there for the winter so we could get some more work done. And so I'm driving. It was like a 20, 20 25 minute drive from my, my parents' house where I was living at the time. And it was a very popular song on the radio. It was by U2, Sometimes You Can't Make It On Your Own. <laughs> I heard that two or three times flipping through channels going to the uh, to the first solo. Which <laughs> wow, was, if that's a sign. <laughs> yeah, that wasn't very encouraging. And then, so yeah, we did, uh, what was it, runway? Yeah, runway 27, Port Clinton. Uh, I did two with Don, and then Don got out with a handheld radio, and I did three, three uh, solo takeoff and landings just around the pattern. And that was yeah. kind of that. Yeah, it wasn't as traumatizing as I thought it would be. No, it's pretty, it's it's an awesome feeling. And yeah, that's another thing I'll do. I'll grab a handheld and I'll usually take the golf cart or the truck out to the runway and watch them do it and take a video of them too so I can send it to them or send it to their family. Just because, yeah. I mean, it is cool. I mean, it's it's a great experience. And, you know, we didn't have smartphones when I soloed back in my day, you know. <laughs> so, yeah. <laughs> but... No, it's it's cool to have that remembered because I think that is one of like the greatest accomplishments you get in your pilot career. Um, oh, yeah. For me, for me, it's when I soloed and my other accomplishment is when I get to write people off for their first solo when they've come from like nothing in aviation where they started the same way I did, you know, zero experience. They just hop in the airplane and want to learn how to fly and want to make a career out of it or just make a hobby out of it. It's, you know, we all have that passion for just getting to fly. So it's, it's kind of cool. I consider that like if you've soloed, you're you're in the club. You know what I mean? Like Absolutely. Yeah. I feel like that's when you become a pilot. Like there's some guys who've um, never like finished the rating. I, yeah, I know a handful I know. of those people. I still consider them pilots if they've, if they have soloed the airplane. Yeah. 
even though they they have not yet got the rating, uh, they are still I I consider them a pilot for life. Mr. Boris, you're back. <laughs> yes, I am. Hello, I can't hear you. Hey, hello. Hear He's coming back to life here. Here we go. Hey, you got hey. yeah up on the mic. I got you now. Hey, your brother, it's me. I'm alive. Yeah, your brother, your brother Gandhi's in this category. We were just talking about. Call him He's up. solo. He is solo an airplane. He soloed an airplane, but he is not. Uh, he didn't ever get his rating, but I can. See, I still see consider him a pilot. A, see if he wants to be a guest. Call him right now. We we only have him on once a year. I don't think the world can handle Gandhi more than once a year. <laughs> anyway, uh, center line. Eccles said maintaining on the center line. This is an issue. Maybe I'll get a coherent response. Um, Scott and I. We learned on a runway where you did not want to land on the center back when we were learning to fly. It's since been mediated. Where it's right, Scott. It's okay to land pretty much right yeah, dead center now. now. It was bumpy back in the day, but back in the day it was really rough. So we always landed usually right of center, if not left to center, depending on how soggy it was. Sometimes um, different sides were better than others. <laughs> so uh, when I went to hard pavement, uh, I had a really difficult time. Landing on center. I bet. Like, even during, like, check rides, I was explaining, like, I'd explain the DE. I'm like, look, I, uh, I'm i going to put it exactly where I tend to do it. I'm going to try to make that center line. And I explained that. And, like, they were actually like, okay. Because, <laughs> yeah, I'm, I'm okay now. But back in the day, I remember I would, like, if I wasn't very, very, very conscious of it and purposely trying to, I would never land on the center line. Would always land off to one side, left or right, because of all that. That makes sense. Training that's I had, so where you couldn't. You're taught, yeah. Yeah. It was the the center was avoided at all costs at 88 <laughs> Delta back in the day. It's been fixed now. Thank goodness. That's true. Scott, do you land on center line now or not? Well, now it's pretty. I mean, there's not much difference. So, it's, yeah. I mean, like from your training, you when you went to different runways, even did you? Land on center line at the different runways, well, or I mean, now I do. I don't know. Maybe back in the day I didn't. I guess I don't really remember. Okay. All right. Uh, four straight and level flight and turns in both directions. That is, I mean, that's bare bones. I mean, <laughs> it's obviously something you need to learn. But I, I feel like if you're even being considered for solo, that's gonna probably be. Yeah, that's an gonna in- put this in there. That's an introduction maneuver on an intro flight for the most part, or discovery flight. You know, you're going to show them just, hey, fly the plane straight and level and then, you know, turn left and right. You get a feel for it. So, yeah. Uh, number five, climbs and climbing turns. Is there a nuance there you're looking for? Not really. Obviously, on climb out, keeping airspeed up and stuff. Yeah, not keeping your getting... airspeed safe, uh, you know, and, and pitch for your VX or VY, whatever I tell you to pitch for. And then, you know, just keep the plane climbing. <laughs> There's not a lot to that yeah. either. Yep. Airport traffic patterns. Number six is airport traffic patterns, including entry and departure procedures. Typically, you're going to solo at an airport you've done a ton of training at, so you're going to kind yeah. of be super comfortable with it. So Yeah, so whether it has a, a left or a right traffic pattern, and then obviously you're going to be familiar with the traffic pattern altitude. Your instructor should have taught you that, you know, day one. Yeah. So, yeah, it's typically, I mean, it's, like I said, they put it in here for legal ease, but that's pretty straightforward. You yep. got to know that stuff. Um, seven, collision avoidance, wind shear avoidance, and wake turbulence avoidance. Turbulence avoidance isn't something Scott and I had to deal with 
because we were flying out of grass strips and small areas and stuff. Collision avoidance, that's huge down here in Florida. Oh, gosh, yeah. But like up up in Ohio, obviously you got to keep looking out and like avoid it. But it's not as crazy up there. Not as crazy, but there's a couple airports too. Like I mean, our local airport here on Lake Erie is it gets really busy in the summer months. So and it's an uncontrolled field. So you got to have your A game on. Yeah. Oh yeah. Yeah. But uh, I heard it got busier over the years. Yeah. Yeah. Like I honestly wish like. I know in like the Hamptons, you know, there's a, a seasonal tower at a, one of the, I think it's, I think it's East Hampton has a seasonal tower. Uh, don't quote me on it, but you know, it, the summer months get a little bit busier out there. So they have a tower that just runs and, you know, can keep the, uh, the traffic pattern a little bit better. But, you know, I, I feel like we need something like that out here sometimes in the summer because there's weekend warriors that come out and they haven't flown for, you know, six months and, they just show up and they just fly all willy nilly and do a straight in while everybody, you know, there's four people in the pattern, <laughs> cut everybody off. Yeah. So, yeah. Leah's, Leah's said this before that Port Clinton is like getting kind of crazy where it might need a tower. You're yeah. the second person to. Yeah. No, I agree with him on that. I think at least a seasonal, it doesn't need one in the winter at all. I mean, the operations are our island operations, you know, flying the U.S. mail and flying some school kids around. Uh, you know, the occasional people coming into our museum and restaurant, but nothing crazy. Yeah. Um, and then wind shear avoidance. I mean, if, I mean, if you're any wind shear type stuff, you're not soloing people on that anyway. Yeah, no, I mean, I, I obviously we teach where wind shear comes from and how to avoid it. And the biggest thing is avoidance to begin with. So I'm not going to send people up if I even think there's a, a chance of wind shear. You never yeah. know, though. It it can happen in any situation at any altitude. So, yeah. Number eight: descents with and without turns using high and low drag configurations. High and low drag configurations meaning uh, with and without flaps, typically on a trainer aircraft. Mm-hmm. You're looking at um, this is similar to the climbs and stuff. Just making sure speeds are good, right? Yeah, you're I mean, for? you know, teaching slow flight and teaching stalls, and whether you're clean or dirty, you know, as it said. But just making sure you have a handle of the aircraft in any configuration, whether your full landing configuration or whether your cruising configuration, just knowing what the aircraft does at both of those. Yeah. And then that leads into number nine, flight at various airspeeds from cruise to slow flight. Mm-hmm. Ten, stall entries from various flight altitudes and power combinations with recovery initiated at the first indication of a stall and recovery from a full stall. Mm-hmm. How early do you, in train, do you teach, start to teach stalls uh typically it takes several flights before i want to do it because it seems usually overwhelming for students you know they're kind of freaked out by it they think stall like oh my goodness like it's gonna kill us you know i'm still alive and (laughs) done you know and and there's i'm sure other instructors out there that have the same feeling but uh no a lot of people are terrified by it i remember kind of as a student thinking the same thing like a stall what do you mean like or like when you tell somebody that's not in aviation they're like you mean the airplane's just going to stall and you're going to crash like no like you're aerodynamically stalling the aircraft and you're going to recover like there's a procedure to follow and you can easily come out of it so uh but yeah no it's usually within the first i don't know you know three or four hour probably like four hours just getting them ready for a solo because it, it needs to be taught obviously as 
we've stated for the regulations to be known before you can solo them. Yeah. And um, I think the stall fear too, because a lot of like the news, like non-aviators hear a lot yes. of the crashes. They say, oh, the plane stalled. And then they don't really understand what they just heard yeah. that on the news. That stalls a lot of people think it's like a mechanical stall, like the air, the, yeah. the engine itself yeah. stalls. And it's like, no, that's not what a stall is. You know, I mean, yeah, an aircraft engine can stall out and die, but it's an aerodynamic stall. And that's, it maybe should be even reworded, but I don't know. I'm not, I don't write the flame, yeah. so. <laughs> well, we get the leading show about the book, so maybe we can put in a word here. Yeah, let them know uh, if yeah. you're listening. <laughs> I'll use all my, I'll use all those contacts I have. <laughs> the FAA has entered the chat. <laughs> yes, again, they've been here the whole time. Uh, Eleven emergency procedures and equipment malfunctions. What kind of what kind of emergency procedures are you running through for a solo flight? Because Obviously, something could happen, you know, yeah. it'd be terrible luck that that one time, you, you know, your first solo, you have some sort of problem that, you know, never happens to most pilots, period, but Absolutely. it can happen, so they got to know that. Yeah, uh, several of the things I go over, you know, are going to be your, let's say you fly into some icing, which that doesn't typically happen because you're going to be getting into some weather and I'm not sending <laughs> students into weather, but let's say your flaps are iced up or you have a mechanical issue. You know, if, let's say you're in a 172 with electronic flaps, right? So you're, you flip the switch, nothing's coming down. And uh, so you're doing a zero degree flap landing or a partial, you know, flap landing, anticipate eating a little more runway, coming in with a little more airspeed. It's not going to be as stable of an approach. So yeah, I teach people how to do, you know, no flap landings, Another thing I'll do is uh, I'll cut their engine sometimes on a uh, like downwind when we're beam the fix and uh, just have them come in with no power, you know, teaching them that airspeed is your friend, whether you're pitching for your best glide and just getting to the airport. I don't typically care how far down they're landing on the airport on the runway, um, stuff like that. Yeah, Don used to do that to us all the time. Yeah, he just cut it. One of the old cut it on downwind, cut yep. it on wherever you we'd be on a cross country and there'd be like a airport that's like private that like yes maybe it was on the map but we didn't notice it and like it'd make a perfect land and he's like you just lost your power and then like you just aim for a field or something he's like there's a runway right there with a p <laughs> on the map why didn't you choose the runway yeah because you didn't <laughs> see it no i because yeah, i had no i clue. do that to students too and i'm like i don't expect them to know like i know it's there yeah. because i fly over it all the time and i know exactly where it's at but yeah yeah some of us can get a little cocky sometimes We're like well why didn't you see it like because they're learning how to fly. Like, there's a lot going on in your head when you're learning to fly. And I totally yeah. respect that. Yeah, yeah, he doesn't mean about it. He's just like, yeah. I feel it would have worked, but there was a runway right exactly. there to your left. No. I, will, I will throw that card too. <laughs> all right. So, yeah, you got you to gotta cover it, the emergency procedures because all the time leading up to this, you're with your CFI learning. You don't necessarily, like, you can be learning other aspects and be doing yeah. a lot. But like, there's not emergencies happening. Exactly. Uh, but your instructor, oh. you're still safe because your instructor has prepared and knows in the back of his head or his her head what's going on and can handle that. But then when the instructor's not there, you know, it's very highly unlikely <laughs> chance that something could happen emergency wise. But it can happen, and you're now by yourself, so you got to know that stuff. You got to know that stuff for sure before you can fly by yourself. 
Uh, ground reference maneuvers is 12. I know Lee's, if Lee was here, he'd be like, you just te- you teach the ground reference maneuvers in the pattern after the intro lesson. This is ridiculous. You're going out there, blah, blah, blah. What's your take on that? Mm, yeah. Um, so, like, for the ground reference maneuvers, you know, the S turns across the road or the turns around a point. I'm usually teaching that a little bit later in the training. Um, you know, obviously your rectangular pattern is going to be taught flying just the pattern around the airport. Yeah. So you're getting a feel for it. Like, I kind of want to teach the wind at that point. Like say, Hey, where's the wind hitting you? Like you need to always know where the wind's approaching you. So you kind of know how to set up for your pattern. Um, and then, you know, I'll introduce the S turns and the turns around a point. And mostly like the DPE that I use, he's usually looking for people to do turns around a point, which I think are a little bit easier. He kind of just stay outside of the airplane and pick what I call cheater points while you're going around your inner. Like I use, uh, you know, we're flying out here in Northwest Ohio. So there's just country roads to these massive intersections. And you can just be like, Oh, I'm going to use that like grain silo as one point, And then I'm going to use that ditch as the next point, And then a barn as the next one. And you can kind of fly this little, like, you know, three quarter mile pattern in a circle around to all these points and just look outside the airplane and not even have to really correct too much for wind. But, you know, it's always smart to be knowing where the wind is hitting you at all times to, you know, manipulate your airplane to do what you want it to do. Yeah, for sure. 13 is approaches the landing area with the simulated engine malfunctions. I think we covered that already with just, you're pulling the power typically around the runway where the instructor knows you could be able to glide in for landing and then wants you to practice that because when you're new at it, I mean, it's hit or miss whether you're going to make that runway, but every time you don't make it, you're going to learn something. You're like, exactly. You know, every time you had to add in power, you're like, oh, okay, that didn't work. And I had to add in power to make the runway. Yeah. It obviously would not have been good during that. So you get, you get decent at that over for sure. Over the course of your flying. That's like today I flew with a student who, uh, you know, has a 182 and they got a pretty decent sync rate when the power is gone. So I just yeah. told her before I even did it, I said, at some point today, I'm going to pull the power on you, probably in the pattern, and I want you to just beeline for the runway because you kn- you and I both know this plane's going to just drop. And sure enough, I pulled the power, and she just went for the runway, perfectly smooth, no engine landing, you know. And she's just like, "Oh, it's so weird, land- like landing without power," but it was flawless. She did an amazing job. Yeah. Uh, fourteen slips to a landing. What's your take on this stuff? Ooh. Slips to a landing. <laughs> This, yeah, a lot of people go back and forth on this one. Um, I'll teach it just so they know, because in an emergency situation, it, it's really good to know. You know, let's say you're you, you're coming in high to this only spot that you have and you need to slip it in. That's great. But the caveat behind that is people will come in high to the runway that they're intending on landing on and they're just going to slip it. In which point that's like, you're already unsafe set up for your landing. Like why are you slipping to come into a nice paved field while you have power? Like you came in too high, you know, do a go around, come back around and land properly. Uh, but also it definitely needs to be taught because, you know, you fly out West or somewhere where you might only have one shot and you need to get that airplane down. So yeah, I, I teach it all the time, you know, early on in training too. Like this is how you slip an airplane. I want to see. Some I never really mastered it until I was flying Super Cubs with no flaps. Oh yeah, intertowing. exactly. Yeah, you you get into some no some no flap airplanes like that, like a Super Cub, and 
you you have to master it. Yeah. After that, I was doing an insurance checkout with a CFI, obviously, mm-hmm. just to get checked out in 172, and I slipped it in, and like he was just like, "Holy cow!" Like I didn't realize this could slip like that. Yeah. Even as a CFI, you know what I mean? Like it's just it's not a common maneuver unless you're in a no. plane that doesn't have flaps. But yeah, I like to teach it just because it might save you in the long run, you know. And then the last one, 15, is go-arounds, which you just covered. If it doesn't look perfect, especially on your early solos, go around. Reset yeah. up again. Yeah, that's you one of those mean? things I was talking about today, too. I was like, you know what? Like, even in my professional career, I've had to do go-arounds. And typically, like, if it's a go-around based on your own mistakes, when you come back around, it's going to be one of your best landings ever because you have taken all those mistakes that led you to that go-around point that you've you've picked them apart so much and you think about them so hard that like it's just you set it up perfectly like you're just like oh wow like i was way too high or i was way too fast or both and you fix all of that and come back around and it's like flawless you know so there's no shame in a go around i've you know you see it from every level to you know and sometimes too in in a professional career too the controllers can leave you a lot high, like a lot higher than you anticipated. And you're like, this is not a stabilized approach and I'm not comfortable with doing this. And you know, sometimes you might be like, let's say you're coming in with no passengers and I'm not saying that's a safe thing either, but you know, as far as comfort, you know, comfort for passengers, you can just kind of bring it into the runway and plan it in. But other times you want to make things right and, you know, just do it. This, it all comes down to just doing it the safest way you can and a go around, typically is going to create the safest environment for landing an airplane. Oh yeah. The only time I've ever had a rough landing, I did a ton of go arounds. I lost count of how many go arounds I did. <laughs> uh, finally getting the, uh, uh, the last time I flew a banner plane, I did a bunch of go arounds cause it was really crap. Yeah. Uh, wind direction for trying to get the plane in and those planes don't like to land. I'd love to get Vic on at some point, the, the instructor for them. Yeah. So talk about this more, but yeah, I did a bunch of go arounds like in a row, like over and over again. I had ATC switch me to another runway, did go arounds <laughs> there and like finally got her in, like yeah. running low on gas after I was just towing the <laughs> banner on the along South Beach. But yeah, in most normal situations, yeah, you're you do a go around as long as it's not weather issues. Yeah. It's going to be probably a be- like a lot better landing than you would have had that first time. For sure. And then, yeah, so how many hours are you typically soloing students at? Oh, I don't, I don't remember how long so, it yeah, took me. I know it was- there's no set hour amount, you know, obviously. Um, and I don't want to discourage anybody or get into anybody's ego, too, and be like, oh, well, I only soloed in, you know, six hours. Because I've seen it happen in as little as six or seven hours, and I've seen it take as long as, you know, 20 hours. Um, there's no set time. Depends on how frequently you're flying, how much you're grasping it. Um, you know, the weather flying in Northern Ohio, you know, we <laughs> typically, the weather is only good here for six months out of the year as far as soloing. Uh, obviously I've soloed people in every month of the year, but it has to be flawless. So that, that's a big factor, but, uh, no, don't get discouraged if it takes you 20 hours and don't let your ego get the best of you. If it only takes you you know, seven hours because you could still be a crappy pilot. (laughs) You just had some, some good luck early on. 
Um, yeah, and I think some my, of it's on the instructor side too. Like they're absolutely level with it. Yeah, yeah. Some instructors, you know, um, can be just super cool as a cucumber and be like, "Yeah, you're good to go." And some of them are like, "Oh no, my ticket's on the line. Like I can't sign this guy off." I don't know. I try to take like the middle of that and just dissect it. But yeah, I've soloed people in as little as um, uh, probably ten hours. I think is like the the quickest I've soloed somebody and I've had other guys solo, you know, after probably 25, 30 hours. So, you know, don't let it discourage you. I think mine was probably 12 to 15 hours for me. And I was at a 141 school and my instructor, she seemed confident in me and she was more confident in me than I was in myself. And that's typically what you want to see is the instructor is going to be more confident than the student. When the student's more confident than the instructor in soloing, they're definitely not ready, <laughs> typically, uh, unless it's yeah. like a really like worrisome con- like uh, instructor. But you know, if you if your ego is just like, yeah, I, I got this, like I'm fine. That's that's not a good you know probably not a good attitude to have. Like trust your instructor, unless they're garbage, and then you know maybe try to find another instructor. But never get discouraged I- by how minimum hours you have or how maximum hours you have. Like when you're ready, you're ready. So there's other factors too. Like if you grew up with a family, having a plane, like Scott and I grew up around the airport. Yeah. Oh, absolutely. So we had been, we had been airplanes tons of time, especially Scott before we were mm-hmm. like officially logging time. So that's a factor why Scott and I's times were a little lower, I think, than a lot of people's. And we had a comfort level when we went to solo is because we had been messing around with the yoke up in the sky. And, you know, we had a good feel for it from a very young age. And that was never in our logbook officially because most right. of the people weren't CFIs. But to have those experiences, yeah, that it's going to help you in the long run for sure. Oh, yeah. But, yeah, it's just, I just, I can't personally fathom bringing someone all the way through. Maybe I'll do it at some point. You're if you, if you do, I, you should do it because it's uh, honestly, it's, it's, it's a better feeling than soloing yourself. Actually, like your first solo signing somebody off to do it. Yeah. It'll probably be like a relative. Yeah. You know, like my, I have nieces or like my brother-in-law or something, or like a good buddy who's not a pilot yet. It'd be yeah. that kind of thing. I don't have any interest in like going and teaching random people how to fly. But yeah, it's um, family. I could see it being family at some point. I, I might, right. I might bring someone all the way through. Uh, probably won't be soloing them in <laughs> ten hours. It'll probably be more towards that <laughs> yeah. twenty or something. Exactly. No, like I said, there's no like there's no set limit. It just depends whether it's the the person, the 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 flight itself. I mean, there's so many factors. And we'll be doing phase checks with Ryan Eckel and uh, <laughs> Lee Griffin and Jack Cochran the whole time. <laughs> like, all three of you guys think they're ready to solo? Okay, I'll sign them yeah, off. Yeah, <laughs> yeah, that's another thing. We actually do that, um, you know, at the place I fly for. We, we cross-check, you know, to make sure they're good to go. I have to take a quick yeah. break. Oh, all right, you got anything else, Ryan? Or No, I think how's Scotty doing up? there? <laughs> He's asleep, I think. Um, I think we're... Gonna just leave him here. Let's do the outro and stuff and just kind of shut down and <laughs> wonder how long he sits there. <laughs> That'll work. Sleep at his desk before his wife comes, gets him in the morning, maybe. Sounds good. Five star written review. Uh, an awesome podcast with entertaining and informing aspects. As a student pilot, I find myself immersing myself in all things aviation. I stumbled upon the 
Far Aim podcast a little while back, and it has been my primary podcast ever since. L- listening to three separate opinions slash viewpoints greatly helps one to understand a subject. And, of course, there is a nice touch of entertaining content mixed <laughs> in as well. Keep up the good work, Bob G. Thank you, Bob G. Scott's asleep, or he thank you. Lee broke his back, so he can't be here to thank you. Ryan, thanks. You know. Thank you. <laughs> yeah. you know, he, guest host. This is a, another first. This is another Ryan Eckle first guest host. Yes, thank you. This is like a, you're not like a, just a guest now. You're helping host this thing. Um, as we said, we, we scrambled last minute to come up with this topic, Ryan and I did, because Lee is back injury. We were planning on doing part two of that series we started last week. And then, so yeah, it's uh, Lee Griffin's email. Send him some uh, well wishes for his back at F-A-R-A-I-M at LeeGriffing.com, G-R-I-F-F-I-N-G. And then Scott, 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 uh, Scott's asleep. He is out. Oh, he's shaking his head. He can still hear us. He just doesn't want to talk. <laughs> Shoot Scott an email. Ask him why he fell asleep. F-A-R-A-I-M at scottboris.com. B-O-R-E-S. Uh, my email is F-A-R-A-I-M at robertberger.com. B-E-R-G-E-R. The German way, not the sandwich way. And uh, Ryan Eccles, of course, at Instagram, at R E-C-K-E-L-R. Shoot him a... Uh, direct message that's how the whole series got started last week that we need to finish he's got a brand new microphone now so he sounds better i sent to him all rocking sounding good thanks for being on right hey thanks for having me again thanks for the microphone yeah. it's sounding crisp i hope hope you guys are yeah. fans you got of some it. You got some interaction back from the <laughs> the, the gram about the uh the yeah. microphone so that's Hold on. good i'll give a quick shout out to one of our uh, listeners <laughs> who was that it was Oh boy. I apologize if I ruin your name, but it was uh Paul Oh Winarski. Paul, we don't we typically <laughs> don't do last names if we okay. didn't clear it with them first. Well yeah. no, that's his his username on Instagram. So Oh. But uh yeah. Winarski, I I'm sorry if I butchered that, but thanks for the shout yeah. out. I hope it sounds better for you. Yeah. Um <laughs> yeah. Until next time, again, seriously, email uh, Lee about the, uh, the back, wish him well, and then just ask Scott why he fell asleep during this. <laughs> <laughs> he's literally he's literally asleep at his desk. Usually he wakes up and goes, ah, I'm not asleep. But now he's out. He's out, out. <laughs> so... <laughs> Just documented okay. it for the Instagram. <laughs> okay. Like my place is destroyed with IKEA builds right now. We'll post that. Um, yeah. Thanks for listening. Uh, next week. Take care, man. <laughs>
Yeah. <laughs> oh, he's going to get pissed if he posts on Instagram. <laughs> I won't. Oh, eventually we're gotta get we're gonna be um it'll be recording for video stuff. We're gonna start doing video here at some point next couple months. Yeah, but like right now, my background's still like a shit show. I gotta fix it and make it not look as like um, as trailer trash. You know, get the green screen going. Look, <laughs> nah, I don't want to mess around with that. <laughs> Live but from yeah. the Bahamas. What? I said live from the Bahamas. You just, you just screen screen it. You could be anywhere. Yeah. Live from Oshkosh. No. <laughs> Sun and fun. I so I don't want it's extra just processing and stuff yeah. I don't want to deal with. I don't blame you. Um I was gonna get rid of my thermarest mattress in the corner, spruce it up. <laughs> I got a photo I'm gonna hang on the wall over there and make my bed before I start recording. There you go. I have IKEA builds going on in the background. <laughs> I lost my train of thought. <laughs> Good luck with that ter- edit. <laughs> this is going to be terrible when we go live. <laughs> or really fun. Right. Yeah. We could just turn uh, it into a drinking game. For every awkward pause, drink. <laughs> yeah. Yep. Every time there's a moment of silence, take a shot. Scott, get up on your mic. We can't hear you. Every time there's a moment of silence, take a shot. <laughs> yeah. Yes, right. sir. Um, open the door. And this isn't usually when people are gone. We we make fun of them and make things up that aren't true. Th- this is the literal. Apparently, he threw his back out, opening the Learjet door. He he also stuck. had he also had a hysterectomy, but that's not why he's not. That here. was a while ago. Yeah, and then he got his he got. He, yeah. He had a Maddie Petty when I had to do the solo episode. Oh yeah, the last time he was like, "Oh, I'm getting yeah, my... yeah." He was he and, had a man, and then that was the same. That was the same uh, week that I did the solo episode. You were you said you were hiding from your AA sponsor on the Lazy River, I believe, <laughs> uh, in Orlando. I was in Florida. I'm not. <laughs> I don't. I don't really remember where I was at, but I was in Florida. Yeah. Okay. Yeah. He was in Florida for a little bit somewhere. Um. So we're it not was gonna... warm. It was warm. I don't know. Maybe I was in Tennessee. I don't. I don't. I don't really know. It was warm. There wasn't beaches around though, so that's confusing. No, but it could be anywhere. Um, <laughs> yeah, I believe it was Orlando. Um, that makes sense. That makes sense. Yes. So <laughs> this is going off the rails very quickly. Um. But la la la. I flew in in my plane to class every day. And there's an article, I guess, my mom, I t- spoke to her today because she still works for the college out there. That's the only way I got a full ride is, cause <laughs> <laughs> is through that connection. That, was fa- that not, family full ride. <laughs> was certainly not yeah. through academics or scho- sports scholarships. They they gave me 500 bucks because I was a teacher. But that's <laughs> oh, all yeah. I got. Yep. <laughs> so, and yeah, now, I flew there and she... Shortly after that ran out, I dropped out. <laughs> yeah, Scott's got about $500 worth of college yeah, under his belt. That's yeah. um, all you need. So, yeah, I guess there's I an article. They, BGSU, this is a side note. BGSU put out an article, I guess, recently about some guys like, oh, one of our aviation students flies his plane to class every day. And they're like, my mom yeah. and everybody who knows Who me cares? Back here, like, who cares? Burger was doing that oh, freaking... Right. Yeah, Way, like plane. back in 2009 
2008. The internet is a funny thing. I actually taught that kid how to fly. I got him his private license. Who? who I, I know wait, exactly what? who you're talking about. You know who it the, is? Oh, the article? I haven't seen the article. You yeah. saw the article? Oh, yeah. Okay. Yep. I don't care. I just... I'm going to crack on for that funny. one. Huh? Yeah. <laughs> you wait. You taught him how to fly? Yeah. Oh, this is getting a small world now. Holy maybe. cow! We're going full circle. Yeah, he lives on the island, so maybe should, he commutes from the island. Maybe you should. Oh. Fight. Maybe you should fight. I know who that is. Then, yeah. Yeah, you know who one, it is too. We won't. There's only that. one young pilot who I know who flies from the island. Yeah. So if you're listening, oh. sir. Shout out to your instructor. One. Kudos. I know. Except one. for I beat I beat you. I did that ten years ago. Is the same one that we're <laughs> all thinking? What? The same pilot that we're all thinking. Scott, a talk to your mic. We can't hear you. <laughs> hey, first of all, <laughs> calm down. <laughs> calm down. Scott's had a couple of adult <laughs> beverages tonight. No, that's not true. No, that's not true. <laughs> <laughs> Erroneous. We went from one extreme to the other with week to week recording sessions. That's actually fake news. What are we with thirty-two <laughs> minutes? In? Thirty-two yes. minutes. In? That's probably good enough. Let's call it. <laughs> night. Except for the first twenty-five of that was us BSing. Yeah, and whatever. Let's call it a night. Let's call not, it a night. Uh, hey, no, we're, hey, what? Good night. Scott, good night. Focus and thank you for listening. Children. Focus, Scott. You're getting off track here. I don't know where we were. We're going to pick up at part two. I'll probably edit most of that out. <laughs> uh, Scott, Scott. Hey. This is going to be an episode. Hey. hey. What? Listen here. Hey. Something happened. You all right? Listen. No. <laughs> Listen. Listen. I got something. Let's talk. Okay. Very serious. What are we talking about? What? It's first. Don't tell anybody. <laughs> All right. Are you are you whispering? Yes, don't whisper yes. in your mic, Scott. You do that already anyway. You can't hear you. Okay. It says recording, you, so I'm not gonna say it. What? It says recording. What do you got? It says recording. What? Nope. It what says, are you gonna it say? It says, it says recording. <laughs> Until I see it, it go away, I can't say it. What? <laughs> 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 just uh, just go for it. Yeah. What? That says recording, so I can't say it. What? Okay, fine. Fine. I'll tell you, but I don't want I don't want you guys to like get all emotional about it or call the cops or anything. But <laughs> I'll try not to. Okay. But some somebody roofied me. Yeah? Yeah. I'm calling yeah. the cops. <laughs> God damn it, Ryan. That's why I said I didn't want to say anything. <laughs> I'm just looking out for you, bud. <laughs> so you feeling you feeling good doing a solo episode, Scott? Yeah, I mean I can do about whatever. solo I, requirements. I can do whatever as long as they don't talk uh, about butt stuff because that's kind of sensitive. Okay, well, move on from that. <laughs> uh, I better grab my uh, farim. Hold on. <laughs> I'm gonna grab. Right, I'm gonna grab another drink. Let's, I need to catch up. Let's make this like an hour. Let's make this like an hour. Let's so I can try to. Yeah. yeah. Okay. Yeah. Well, we would have started hours ago, but <laughs> all right. Well, whatever. Stand by. What's going on? Um, blowing up my screens here to see everybody bigger. Got some Jamaican rum. 
Yeah? It yeah. looks good. It's not. It's not? It's terrible. I don't like clear rum. It's terrible. Oh, you had it. I did? Yeah. Oh, that's that stuff you poured? Oh, God, that is bad. Yeah, it's gross. It's nasty. I don't understand why you buy that. I don't normally. It's just I thought it wouldn't be good, so I bought it. Clear rum is rarely good. Yeah. Well, the old lady doesn't like spiced rum, so. Hey. When you hey. Move, when you moving back to Ohio? Uh, it's gonna be a little while. How long? We gotta la- We gotta launch a company. Well, we gotta. This isn't exactly. Well, a smooth. Okay. This podcast well, isn't exactly a smooth running operation there's yet. Some, there's some predicaments that maybe make it more convenient. Oh yeah. Yeah. Like what? Like. I'm not putting any of this conversation okay. in the episode. Okay, good. I, I can't. I can't legally say that. So I don't see a problem with yeah. this. I don't. I honestly don't see. I don't see what you're. I don't what, see what you're worried about. What am I gonna do for work? <laughs> well, it's summertime, so you can probably get a, a job to start with on Kelly's. <laughs> yes. My rental my rental place is on the mainland though. Back Who to port side for you, fly buddy. My, fly my f- plane back and forth. Who gives a shit? Yeah, commute. You, you can take my on the what is it? It's a 10 minute ceiling days. It's a 10 minute commute. Yeah, take take f-ing Ryan's boat on the low ceiling days, but on the rest of it it's a f-ing 10 minute commute. <laughs> you got I don't it. give a shit. Oh, you think you think yeah. I care if you fly the f- piece of shit over there what the f- do i care <laughs> probably not moving back uh to work on kelly's again who cares oh, think of the, a little bit a little think, bit more stable than that yeah, think of cares? all the good times we had on kelly's though. right exactly. we had a lot of good times on kelly's <laughs> kelly's is a great place exactly that that it it's was my, it's my second hometown because I don't think that'll step too much 61. on our other series what, we got going, but still be similar. 61 point. You're not going to pull this I, shit I'm up going, and read I it. I always it's, pull it up. 61.107. Okay. <laughs> 61.87. <laughs> it's right here. <laughs> well, you got it on the iPad. We got the old books. <laughs> oh, God. Why well, I, I sent Scott a 2021 <laughs> copy because he did the first season with a 2006 <laughs> copy. <laughs> Yeah, I just leave it on the. I just leave it on there, the the uh, internet. Yeah, but anyway, I'm actually quite drunk. Yeah, I need, I'm trying to catch up. Pounding Perfect. McUltras, <laughs> trying to catch up. I've been slamming them out in the garage, so I should be I'm able not, to get there. <laughs> I'm not liquor drunk. I might have to, I'm beer. I'm beer. I drunk. might have to grab the tequila. So well, that's really the best. <laughs> yeah, beer, beer drunk. Is, the- beer drunk is the way to go. Like it's. Less of a problem I, next day. I'm, I'm making a list of things not to do in Florida next year. And I have three things on my list. Liquor is number yeah. one. Yeah, Go, that's a good one. Going to I'm di- gonna stop I'm gonna stop drinking liquor. Yes. If with you, period. Be, yeah, I'm not drinking liquor ever again with you. Ever. No. We I'll can't drink, handle it. I'll drink liquor with my wife, but I will not drink you liquor. You and I cannot no you and I cannot nope, handle drinking nope, liquor together. Nope. I will never drink liquor with you again. Never again. That's a good idea. That's yep. a good idea. I will never drink liquor with you again. 
Not even a chance. Because I won't remember anything. And we, be don't, like, we don't stop. No. It's like, I remember, I remember at, the last thing I remember is the bar at the resort where my parents' condo is. It's a bad time. No. I don't know. Uh, but anyway. Okay. Anyway. No no liquor with Bob. No <laughs> yep, going. It's a good no, rule of life. No anything to do with Disney. Nothing to do with Disney. Yeah, that's a, just a good rule of life. Life rule. We didn't go to Disney, but we went to Disney Springs. It's like the downtown Disney. It used to they used to call it downtown Disney. It's just it's stupid. It's just a bunch of people. It is. It's a bunch of people. Yeah. It's terrible. So no liquor, no downtown Disney, and no rental car. Those are my top three. Okay. I rented a car for the week and it they just raped me. Raped me. Yeah, they bent Scott over. <laughs> they bent me over and raped me hard. My, I I made a new life rule today of never again going to IKEA. Yeah, you and me went to that's IKEA suppo- once. My went to IKEA. That's a that's supposed to be a desk. That's not a desk. That looks like no, a, definitely not that a looks desk. like a giant it's gun not, cabinet. That looks like a it's not going well. Ca- I said like it looks like a file cabinet. cabinet. Yeah. Eventually, it's supposed to be my desk. It's not yeah. not going well though. Uh, you got those bookshelves with. Were you on that bookshelf yeah. trip to Ikea? Remember, okay. remember I blew the brake lines on the way home and we drove home with no brakes? <laughs> oh, yeah, because I needed your Ranger to yeah. get the stuff yeah, home. We, we took the Ranger and like, we're pulling out like we're heading into Toledo and like I hit the brakes and like they just blow. And I'm like, we got no brakes to us way home. <laughs> so we drove from Toledo back. We drove, yeah, we drove from like. It was in between Detroit and Toledo. My brakes blew, and we drove. We drove all the way back with no brakes. Downshift, yeah, just downshift. Yeah, that was the. That's what saving grace is yeah. the manual transmission. It's a manual, it's a manual so you just downshift. <laughs> We're getting close to someone in front of us. It's just winding up. We're yep. like, please stop. Don't. Yep. Whatever. Don't do it. It worked. We made it. We didn't don't do it. slow down so fast in front of us. <laughs> we didn't die. We didn't die. Yeah, we're still here. Yeah, but did you die? We've done way stupider stuff than that. Oh yeah, that wasn't <laughs> even that bad. That wasn't even our fault. <laughs> but yeah. Anyway, next time I'm in Florida, <laughs> I'm not touching liquor ever. Not touching a drop of liquor. <laughs> you guys got to get um. You guys got to get down here to like West Palm, get a hotel room for a couple nights. We'll party down here. Well. Next year, change of scenery, you know. Next year, the uh, bright Heck line yes. is going to be opened up from, from yeah Orlando to uh, West Palm, which is two hours. Yep. It's not you, that expensive. You can just run the bright line down. Right. Yeah, it's like I always Hell feel yeah. bad because like you got to drive for three hours, but it's like we can't really do anything. All right, uh, pre-solo flight training. Yeah, so good. right. Yeah, yeah. You ready to rock and roll? We should, we should probably get this done. I don't know how. I don't know how this is going to go. Yeah, probably not, probably not good. <laughs> Let's do the intro. Where's Lee? What the fuck is Lee? He threw out his back. I know. What a pussy. <laughs> Opening a jet door. Seriously. Classic mistake. Oh. <laughs> is, that, to... is that something? You're obviously on the Hawker. He's yeah. on the Lear fleet. Yeah. What's better? Uh, is what's, that? What's better to be on the Hawker or the Lear fleet? The Hawker, as far as I'm concerned, it's easier to really? fly and it's bigger. <laughs> yeah. It seems what's, like Lee works a so, lot less hours though. Uh, 
Yeah, usually he worked his ass off last year on this time. What has a better range, the Hawker or the Lear? The Hawker for sure. So you're in a high. Yeah, because he was talking about having to make a fuel stop on the way down to Florida. I'm like, what? We don't ever do that. So you're we'll go to California from New York. Yeah, really? So you're in a better you're in a better plane than he is. Yeah. My sister's best friend, who by the age of 12 knew all of the nuances of which jet was best because they chartered him so often, uh, she she was never a fan of the Lear, she said. I remember I having this conversation with her, she, with her when she was like 13 because she'd flown private so much by then she had opinions on this stuff. I thought it was hilarious. They're quick, but I don't know. I don't think they're all that great. They stopped making yep. them now. They're dead now, aren't they? Yeah, well, so is, Haw- so is Hawker. They stopped making Hawkers oh, in really? like 16 or 17, yeah. I did not know that. Mm-hmm. I think they stopped a lot of the uh, mid-sized business jets. Okay. What's that? I want. I said I didn't. I just realized like a few months ago that Piper is down here in Vero Beach, like not too far yeah, from yeah, me. Yeah, Vero's their. That's their headquarters now. Yeah, I, they like actually build them there and stuff. Yeah, I'm gonna head up there sometime. Crash the place. <laughs> Could do an episode uh, from there. Yeah, we, uh, we can barely do an episode from our normal spots, let alone try to coordinate <laughs> our that own, stuff now. Our own residences. Yeah. <laughs> we were supposed to start this four hours ago. Yeah. Uh, uh, <clears throat> all right, let's get serious. <laughs> Welcome to this week's episode. Is that good? No, because how do yeah, I normally do the it's cut good. with the just thing? Just keep going. Just keep going. It's fine. Just keep going. <laughs> yep. Just keep going. It's fine. And yep. here we are. Just, just keep going. Keep going. Nobody cares. Nobody cares. 